the average renter doesn't necessarily have $150 extra to go save somewhere. And the idea of giving them an opportunity to build wealth just by really doing the things that they would probably do anyway and taking care of the home really helps, right? It's not asking them to pay extra dollars towards a down payment that might or might not happen. Nothing against rent to own, but the conversion of actually owning that property is pretty low. I think the average is still under 15% conversion on those programs. And so the idea with us is, hey, you know what? You're already living there. Let's make you an owner. Let's make you a partner. And from a capitalistic standpoint, as an investor, I love it. I love the fact that the property is getting taken better care of. I love the fact that my residents are staying there and they're bought in. You're listening to Ice Cream with Investors, a podcast that is dedicated to teaching you how to better invest your money so that you can live a more intentional life. I'm your host, Matt Four, and it is my goal to teach and empower you to remove the roadblocks to your financial success. All right, Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt, thanks so much for having me. Really excited about talking to you today. Absolutely. We like to start with the difficult questions here. What's your favorite ice cream? I am pretty basic, I think. I like chocolate chip cookie dough. Ben and Jerry's is my preferred method and brand. Yeah, well, now you're in Atlanta and I think closer to downtown Atlanta, if we're in the Atlanta area, selfishly speaking, where's the best place we can go get some ice cream? You got to go check out Morelli's. To my knowledge, it's only in Atlanta. There's two locations. It's amazing. What did they do special? Off the wall flavors, sweet corn, potato chip, those types of things. And they really dive into that type of like flavor and just creating these unique experiences. Definitely worth taking a look at. Potato chip sounds delicious because it's like salty and sweet, but does it have the crunch to it as well? Have you had it? I have had it. It does have the crunch and they somehow just like, it's delicious. It's hard to explain because it's not overly sweet. It's delicious. So definitely check it. it out. I love it. Tell our listeners, what's the scoop? What do you do today? Yeah, we are Invest With Roots and we are a privately held reggae REIT on a mission to give everyone the access and ability to invest in real estate for as little as $100. Awesome. And I know we were chatting before the store, the show started here that you actually started off in software sales and got into real estate. Where did your real estate journey begin there? Yeah, out of college, started wholesaling a software, video email software. And my wife and I in flux in terms of where we were as earners, but we knew that the real estate market was something that we always would be a great opportunity to build our wealth and kind of build some passive income down the line and pretty much saved. And every year that we could, we bought a property. And this was in 2009 and that was years ago in Atlanta. And we just kept trying to build that portfolio for ourselves. And as we did that, and as we continued to add properties, my wife got excited about it. And she actually ended up getting her real estate license. And after about four years, we had our first kid. And I decided that I didn't really want to be on the road all the time. I didn't want to be gone and away from the family. And we started our residential team in 2017 and have grown that team. We have 11 agents. We sell about 150 homes here in Atlanta. And through that experience, we kept investing and we kept understanding what that market looked like. And what became very obvious to us, and I'm sure to the listeners out there, is it's challenging for sure to go from renting to owning your first home. But to go from owning your first home to owning your first investment property is significantly 
more challenging in ways, right? You got to have that 20% down. You got to pick the right one. There's a lot of things that go into it. And one common theme we kept running into was, hey, I want to invest in real estate, but I don't know how. And in 2020, we came together and thought about what that would look like if we had a product for everybody to be able to invest in real estate through. And that's how we came up with the Roots Fund. Inspired to dig into the Roots Fund. But before we do, I was whipped off my shoes and started doing some counting. 13 years ago, you were selling video software. Did you ever think we would get to this place where we're just like naturally on video cameras these days and doing so much business on video? No, it was actually hilarious to think about because when I was doing it originally, I would walk into offices and I was doing a lot into the country club space and I had to bring them a camera. All the devices we use today have cameras on them. They didn't back then. So I would have to actually bring in the camera for them to record their videos on and put on the computer. You were such a pioneer. Even in 2020, people weren't using cameras that often. That's right. Now you can text video. So I hope that company's still doing well. But yeah, the Roots Fund, tell us, give us the pitch. So you mentioned that it's an opportunity for people to bridge the gap between renting and owning, but what's the pitch here? Yeah, the pitch is essentially, we are a real estate fund and portfolio that gives everyone the access and opportunity to invest and be in the real estate space. And not only for themselves, but the unique part about our fund is all of our residents who live with us are investors as well. They're partners and not tenants. And we came up with this model after years of property management experience and looking at it and understanding that the people who live in your homes, if you have investment properties or you're invested in real estate, those tenants are really who carry the load. They are the reason that you have great cash flow. They're the reason that your asset performs well. And when we looked at, hey, what properties did well and what properties did it, a lot of times it was based on the resident who lived in them, not based on the location. Our whole concept was, why not make that person who's living in, in our homes feel like a partner and bring them into the equation, give them the opportunity to participate. And so far, it's worked phenomenally. Talk to us, like, I completely agree with you. And I have my opinion on why I think like the resident, the tenant, the person in that property makes a huge difference in the performance of that single family home. But what was your experience? Like, why do you think that mattered? Or why were they the crux point of a good property or a bad property? Yeah, it's really boils down to communication and the way in which they exit the property more than anything. We all know that Sometimes people get in bonds and they can't pay. And that's one thing. But I believe the turnover costs are really what hampered this asset class. When you move somebody out after four years and there's mold growing or there's other elements that you didn't see because you haven't been back to the property in four years, that's where we really saw the biggest drivers for negative cash flow. You go to the property, you're not expecting the mold or you're not expecting to have to replace every carpet. And when you do, your the security deposits that are traditionally taken are not enough to cover costs. Let's be real. We were trying to understand a way to make this asset class really efficient. And to do that, we created the Live In It Like You Own It program for our residents. And it's worked out really well. And the program itself has three different criteria. And the first criteria is no late payments, pay your rent on time as you would 
in any situation, hopefully. The second one is be a good neighbor. No police activity or noise complaints. We have a lot of duplex style asset classes or assets. And the third one is really important, which is we have them do a quick 30 to 45 second video of the outside and inside of their unit each quarter. And that gives us the eyes on the asset. It lets us do preventative maintenance. It lets us really understand where we are with that property every quarter, which is really important. Yeah, it's interesting. Let's dig into the video piece because that's where I thought you were going to go with this is like a tenant doesn't necessarily have the same wherewithal around their property around like a faucet leaking. So I tell the story all the time where I had a tenant leave a property and they left a faucet just dripping, but it was enough to flood the kitchen, which cost me a $5,000 damage on the property. I've run across property managers that do things like quarterly inspections or bi-yearly inspections, but that feels invasive, right? Because at the end of the day, what we are doing is offering somebody a home And nobody wants somebody else coming through their home and just looking around and poking around. Whether you rent in it or you buy it just feels a little weird. So how did you come to this idea of having a tenant video the inside and the outside of their property? And what has been your experience through that process of them videoing that property? Yeah, it's just what you just said, right? Nobody wants you to come in their home. That's their place. That's where they live. And forced walkthroughs create hostile like environments. And For us, it was very simple. We, as a group, understood, hey, we're willing to give a little bit of rebate for this partnership to work out really well. Instead of having one of our maintenance crews or one of them paying them to go out to check the units, let's have the resident do it. And not only that, returns are amazing and it's great to have eyes on the asset, but how about the thought of helping that resident be more in tune with what it means to own a property. Some of the educational pieces, as you said, this is how you drip a faucet. This is what you're looking for. Are your gutters overflowing? That's a good, these are touch points that residents and tenants who have never owned properties don't know what to look for. And I think everybody can probably attest to that. They've been to that final walkthrough and you ask a question that's pretty simple, like, hey, didn't you notice this? And they're like, It wasn't bothering us. We didn't, that settling crack, who cares? And that's the thing is they don't know what to look for. And so a big piece of this is also helping that person who's living in the building learn what to look for and educating them on how home maintenance might look or what that might look like and feel like when they do own their first home or another property. Yeah, I don't want to breeze over the fact that you brought up something that I didn't bring up was the scale factor of it as well. So right as you scale your portfolio, you can't have technicians running all over the city just doing a simple walkthrough. If you can give some sort of incentive or rebate back to your tenants to do this, then that automatically helps them. You mentioned educating them through this process. Do you all have video content library or how do you educate them on what to look for in the property to know if something's off and that they should stick their hand up for proactive maintenance? Yeah, good question. So what we do is we do their first walkthrough video for them at move-in. And we do our best. If we are not there for move-in physically, we stop by to say, hey, within the first 72 hours or so of their move-in. We do all our showings digital. Everything else is so digital right now. We feel like this is a touch point that really makes a big difference for us is worth it going there. We show how to do the video. We do our walkthrough. Make sure as anybody who owns a bunch of properties understands, there's a work order. Usually that comes at every point of a move-in, right? There's always something that needs to be fixed or addressed the day they move in. And we help create this communication, knock down that wall that's usually there and help them understand that, hey, we're not here to 
dock you or to necessarily always be the bad guy. We want you guys to partner with us. You're an, and this is different. You own while you rent with us. You own a piece of this property while you rent. It's not rent to own. It's own while you rent. And you're a partner. And so it's important for us to go there, talk you through the video, and then help you understand any like maintenance requests, where those go and everything like that. That front-end work and the front-end communication really leads to a successful resident program. Now, how have you all seen this affect your book? So specifically your ongoing OPEX or your large CapEx purchases, do you have any quantifiable numbers on how this has helped improve your balance sheet? Yeah. What I'll say is as a fund, we're young, right? We started July of 21. Since then, we've brought 31 properties into the fund. We've raised a little bit over 9.6 million into the total REIT. But what I'll say is our turn costs right now are averaging $700. That's insane compared to our other portfolios that are not in this specific unit, in this specific asset grouping. And so what we're seeing right now is we are seeing renewals at a very high rate. We're seeing less turnover. I guess that is renewals. We're seeing less turn cost because people are taking care of the property to be able to take advantage of our wealth building program and of the investment. And those are two of the biggest factors we're seeing. Now we haven't quantified this, but we are seeing less calls, less small business calls, less like headache calls, false calls, things about running toilets, that kind of stuff. A lot of our residents are are texting us and saying, hey, toilet was running. I went and fixed it, got the chain. Cheers to us. We're partners, right? And that's amazing, right? That is, that's something- that's we, ideal. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of landlords listening. The amount of holiday- Text that we received from residents is it's crazy. 20 residents at a time hitting us up saying, Hey, happy holidays. We're so super excited about this. And it's just a different way, it's a different attitude and a different mentality around this landlord-tenant relationship that honestly has been tarnished since the beginning of time. And your turn cost, you mentioned around $700 per turn. I want to contextualize that. I am actually turning a unit right now. It is a 1300 square foot unit. The tenant has lived in there for four or five years at this point. So there's some wear and tear. It's going to be a $4,500 turn. Plus I now have to pay a leasing fee to put somebody in there of anywhere between 700 and 1500 bucks. That's going to end up costing me $6,000 to turn that unit. $700 seems like peanuts and I would, I'll swap you. I'll trade you costs on that. <laughs> one. Yeah, no, thanks. No, but it's just different. And it's the level at which people are taking pride in living in our units. It's a different feeling from any other real estate investment I've been involved in. Yeah. And it's cool to watch. Now you're mentioning a rebate that they're getting a rebate by living it like you own it program. What, how is that rebate distributed to them? Is that a cash rebate? Are they invested in the fund? What does that look like? Yes, they are invested in the funds. Our model basically says that we take their what would be their security deposit. We do not have security deposits here. That capital gets invested into the fund for them. So we take that $1,200, let's call it day one. They're invested in the fund. They own a piece of the property they live in and a piece of the whole entire portfolio and get to experience that growth as we all do side by side. Every quarter that they live in it like they own it, let's just call it 50 bucks a month. It's 150 bucks at the quarter. We're going to take that $150 and we're going to put it in their wealth building account for them as an additional investment. And the idea is account grows with them 
without them having to pay extra dollars into it. That's a big piece, right? You know this, but the average renter doesn't necessarily have $150 extra to go save somewhere. And the idea of giving them an opportunity to build wealth just by really doing the things that they would probably do anyway and taking care of the home really helps, right? It's not asking them to pay extra dollars towards a down payment that might or might not happen. Nothing against rent to own, but the conversion of actually owning that property is pretty low. I think the average is still under 15% conversion on those programs. And so the idea with us is, hey, you know what? You're already living there. Let's make you an owner. Let's make you a partner. And from a capitalistic standpoint, as an investor, I love it. I love the fact that the property is getting taken better care of. I love the fact that my residents are staying there and they're bought in. Needless to say, we have a very large list of people that are wanting to actively be in our buildings built from our residents. Oh, I have a cousin who needs to be in this program. We really want him to be in here. Great. We have this unit coming up. We're pre-selling a lot of our units right now, pre-listing them to our internal network and they're filling up. That's a part that we're really excited about as well. Let's continue to grow it organically. And the more we fill these properties, the better all our residents do, the better all our investors do. And the fund last year, has it's up 16. We had a little bit slower buying season than we did the year before, but that's because the market was a little bit funny, huh? Yeah. At the risk of doing public math on the internet, essentially every property that I rent out in my single family portfolio has a reserve in there for CapEx expenditures and OpEx expenditures that will come up. For me, that's roughly around 10%. On a $2,000 property, I'm saving $200 a month for a rainy day when something goes wrong, not if something goes wrong. What I'm hearing is you basically are shaving off 150 of that for your residents and saying, as long as you live in it like you own it, no major disturbances, paying on time, being a good tenant, and no major issues that were caused by you because of damage, then we will allow that to go into this fund and be invested. The net of it is you're still arbitraging that $50 because I just told you that I'm paying $4,000 to turn a unit and paying that cost anyways. It's just now you can save some of that cost on the front end. That's exactly right. And from a partnership standpoint, when they do go to move out of the unit, where we usually have $1,200 to look at. And one thing we saw, and I'm sure you can attest to this, is they know moving into it, if you have $1,200, the second that one thing gets spilt on the carpet, it's gone. And from that moment on, we don't care. It is the unit all of a sudden. That's game on, right? It's free money, deposits out of here, right? Again, we wanted to turn that script a little bit. Okay, you know what? You spilt a little bit. That's fine. Let's get it cleaned up. Let's work together. And the other piece is after five years, you might have in your wealth building account based on the investment, you might have five grand in there. And the entire account is leaned against the condition of the property. From a investor standpoint, five years out, yes, we are making a difference in this person's life if they can move with $5,000. The other aspect is if it is trash, there is a bigger piece to lean against versus only the $1,200. It really works as a win-win partnership. And if one of the partners doesn't hold up the deal, then it's that is what it is. And it's very clear in our leases and everything else. Yeah. So I'm going to put on my Mr. Burns suit from The Simpsons and think about it from the investor side of the standpoint, right? If I'm an investor in your fund, talk me through what that looks like for me as the investor. Are you distributing quarterly, monthly? Is that 506B? You mentioned it's a Reg A REIT. Actually, yep. let me start with this question. What is a Reg A REIT? Yeah. Usually when you have a private 
REIT. It's done through a Reg D offering, which is accredited investors only. I'm not sure the demographic breakdown of the listeners, but that's anybody who's made 250 grand or more the last two years or has a million dollars in net worth. Awesome. Would love to include all those people. And I would say 95% of our investors are accredited. What a Reg A REIT is, it gives the ability for, it's an SEC approved REIT that and fund that gives anybody the ability to invest. So it takes away that guardrail of having to be accredited because the SEC has already vetted our documentation. We get audited. We are compliant within that SEC regulation. That's what that is. Is it, we really, it was important for us to have the residents be investors, but also to have anybody who wants to be in real estate be able to be to partake. Is it capped on how many people can be in it? It's a $75 million fund. There's a cap on the amount that's able to be raised. How am I making money as an investor then? Awesome. When you invest into the fund, you are issued a unit, which is a percentage of the entire company. And you participate in two ways. One, the appreciation of that unit. Each quarter, we're going to reevaluate the net asset value and then reassign a unit price. And when we began... Last year, this time, it was $108 a unit. Right now, we're at 118 And hopefully this quarter, we'll be increasing it again. But basically, each quarter, you're going to see your investment grow as the net asset value grows. Along with that, what we do each quarter is we distribute the profit or from rents collected or from revenue collected as a whole. And so far, that's been about a six cash on cash disbursement. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, this is fantastic. Anything, any part of this conversation we missed that we want to make sure I should have asked? No, I think we'd covered everything. Anybody who wants to check us out, we're at investwithroots.com. We'd love to answer any questions, love to talk to people, regardless, whether it's about investing or it's about, hey, maybe this model is something you want to try and plug in and maybe get your your residents more involved. We're excited to, to talk and to learn from other people too. Perfect. Then I want to switch us to our last round. We're calling this the five toppings. Our first one is, what is your favorite book or what is a book you've read recently that's given you a paradigm shift? Yeah, I've listened. So I did prepare a little bit. And I think the book that I would like to recommend is it's called Traction by Gina Wickman. We run our entire business off of it. It's a little bit dry, but from a model standpoint, it's really helped us stay on track and really keep everything aligned. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I would agree it's dry, but if you have no experience in project management or how to just run a business with business cadences and KPIs and things like that, it's a fantastic book. Yeah, we really enjoy the process. Our second one is, I believe the person you become 10 years from now is directly correlated to the habits that you have and the things you do every day. What is something that you do every day? Yeah, we have two young kids in the house. And what I have to do every day is I have to wake up about an hour and a half earlier than they do to get some quiet time. And uh, first thing I do is I go work out. I'm only a, I'm a 20 minute workout guy. And then I write in my journal, which includes making my time blocks and daily task list. Without that, I'd probably be pretty. How old are the kids? So we've got a three-year-old and a six-year-old. Good ages. Yeah. Our third one is what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Yeah, this is from my father and I'm sure he stole it from somewhere, but basically you can't expect more out of a relationship than you've put in. Adam Grant has a good book, Give and Take. And it's it's basically a lot of people go into relationships looking to get something out of them. And again, if you don't give anything to that relationship, how can you expect someone to give you anything back? 
I've never heard that, but I absolutely love that. Okay. Yeah. So kudos to your dad for inventing that. <laughs> Our fourth one is what are you most proud of in your life? Oh, definitely the kids. I think this will be our third business that we're building together. And those business is tough, but kids is it's a whole nother level, right? It's just, <laughs> it's so hard. And just to see them develop themselves and create their own worlds and help them guide them through it. I think that's probably what I'm most proud of for sure. Yeah. Our last one is if you could sit down and eat a bowl of ice cream with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? And yes, Richard Bronson, for sure. Anybody who's done what he's done from a customer experience standpoint and from a success standpoint in all of the different verticals that he's been in, that guy's got to be super interesting. Would love to pick his brain for an hour. I thought you were going to say just to listen to him talk for his accent. Oh, that too. You know what? Great accent. (laughs) Daniel, fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you coming on. If our listeners wanted to reach out to you or learn more about Roots, where's the best place we could point them? Yeah. Investwithroots.com. Check us out. We'd love to have you guys as part of our investment community. Awesome. We will link those in the show notes. And then thank Daniel. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Ice Cream with Investors. If you like what we serve you here, it would mean the world to me if you would like, subscribe, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app.